0: Communal and private rededication. What is the home we dedicate on Chanukah? This is Aviva Richmond with the Hadar Institute and a Devar Torah about Hanukkah One of the meanings of Hanukkah is dedication as the holiday commemorates Chanukat Habai, the Hasmonian rededication of the Jewish people's central quote unquote home, the temple. In this vein, Every day of Hanukkah we end Shacharit with the words of Psalm 30, Mizmor Shir Chanukat HaBayit the David, a psalm, a song at the dedication of the house of David. On the one hand, this seems like a perfect fit, ha-bayit, for the holiday of Hanukkah. Yet the psalm is a bit of an enigma. It makes no mention of the temple beyond this first line. Instead, It is a psalm about personal distress and healing. This enigma points us to probe the meaning of Chanukat Habayit in our observance of Hanukkah as well. How does Chanukat Habayit, the rededication of the temple, take on meaning without the central bayit that was the temple? What does it mean to dedicate the home on Hanukkah now? What is this home that we dedicate? One very clear trend in the halachot and traditions of Hanukkah is that the bayit at the center of Hanukkah is not the central home of the temple, but our own private homes. The Talmud in Tractate Shabbat describes the obligation to light Hanukkah candles in terms of ner ish uve incumbent upon, quote, each man and his household, in our individual homes. The centrality of the home is deeply embedded in the early halachot about where to light Hanukkah candles. The discussions in the Talmud generally assume that a person who is lighting Hanukkah lights is doing so at home. In Sephardic custom, the mitzvah is to light just outside the doorway. In Ashkenazic custom, the mitzvah came to be to light inside the home because of the danger of lighting outside. But whether outside or inside, both of these customs center around the home. Given that home is so central, there is much halakhic discussion about the case of a person who is temporarily displaced from home, such as the traveler who is staying in an inn or perhaps in the midst of transit when it is time to light Hanukkah candles. Can this person fulfill the mitzvah without a home? The halakhah in this case points to the fundamental role of home in the mitzvah of lighting Hanukkah lights. Ideally, the traveler relies on the people in their own household to light on their behalf in their actual home, and does not light on their own. The mitzvah is rooted in the home, not in the person. This person temporarily without a home will only recite the blessing of upon seeing Hanukkah lights, but has no distinct mitzvah to light on their own, and simply does not recite the If the traveler has no one to light in their own home, they can contribute towards the cost of lighting and light with their hosts. As another response to include people without a home in the mitzvah of Hanukkah, a custom developed to light Hanukkah lights in the synagogue. About this custom, Rabbi Yosef Karo writes that it appears that they established this for the sake of guests who have no home in which to light. Even as one of the main points of this practice may have been for people without a home, lighting the communal space of the synagogue fulfilled other functions as well. The Rivash described it as a way to accomplish the goal of publicizing the miracle of Hanukkah in an environment where people had to light in the privacy of their homes due to danger. Though it did not have the same halachic weight as lighting the Hanukkah candles in the home, this minhag to light in the synagogue actually fulfilled an otherwise neglected aspect of the mitzvah. In other words, the mitzvah of lighting Hanukkah lights became a hybrid of two practices. Lighting inside the home, where only household members could see the lights, was the technical fulfillment of the mitzvah, while lighting in the synagogue fulfilled some of the spirit of the mitzvah to publicize the miracle more widely among the larger Jewish community. The custom of lighting the Hanukkah lights in the synagogue obviously has a more symbolic resonance in terms of how we understand Hanukkah ha Halachic Halakhic decisors are careful to note that it should be lit by the southern wall where the menorah stood in the temple such that it clearly evokes the act of the Hasmoneans rededicating the menorah and the Beit HaMikdash in the story of Hanukkah. In a way, then, this is a twofold plot of reinterpretation and revolution. The Hanukkah story is about rededication of the Beit HaMikdash, the temple, a centralized communal domain. The idea that Hanukkah candles are a mitzvah of the home reflects a shift. Suddenly the house we are dedicating is our own home not a centralized communal structure. As we might say about many rabbinic mitzvot, the home in certain ways takes the place of the Beit HaMikdash, the temple. The meals we eat at home are likened to sacrifices brought in the temple in Mishnah Avot. And on Chanukah, the lights we light in our house become as sacred as those of the menorah. This shift from temple to home might be seen as a step towards radical accessibility and radical responsibility for us to do the annual work of rededicating our own homes as the root of our Jewish identity and practice. But the intricacies of the laws of Hanukkah remind us that actually not everyone is privileged with such a home. Lighting the Hanukkah lights in the synagogue is a reminder that when we fixate on Jewish identity as deeply embedded in private homes, it can leave people out. We turn back to Hanukkah at Habayit of a centralized communal structure by lighting in the synagogue because in some ways, the synagogue is a more robust model of home. It can hold within it people who may not easily identify with the quote unquote man and his household of the Talmud, people who are traveling, people who are single, maybe also people who literally don't have homes. We need larger communal structures that are not merely conglomerations of homes and households, but spaces that do the robust and highly differentiated work of in some ways being home for folks who aren't already deeply embedded in home, physically, emotionally, or otherwise. To further probe this idea of the person left out of the home-rooted mitzvah of Hanukkah, I turn to a case addressed by the Arukhah Shochan, Rabbi Echel Epstein, of the 19th century Lithuania. The Arukhah Shochan deals with the case of a person traveling on a train overnight. This person may have no one to light for them in their own home, perhaps doesn't have a home at all, will not stay in anyone else's home that night and will not be in a synagogue nor near any other house. He concludes that this person should light one candle where they are on the train, in the train car, because it is better to see the light of Hanukkah than not see it at all. Granted, this would be considered a fire hazard these days. Don't do this at home. To probe this image of lighting Hanukkah lights without any home at all, I return to the enigma of Psalm 30, the ode to Hanukkah Bayit we recite each day of Hanukkah, that makes no mention of the temple or any other structure for that matter beyond the opening line. The problem is even more pronounced because we know that King David, who is mentioned in the opening line of the psalm, did not live in the times of the temple. It was only built in his son Shlomo's reign. So what bayit might he mean to invoke with this phrase, Hanukkah Bayit? The Malabim offers a beautiful interpretation that can tie back to our discussion of what it means to do Hanukkah without any physical home at all. This is a quote. The psalm is entirely based on giving gratitude in his healing, King David's healing, that he might survive his illness, and has no mention of dedicating the temple. It is clear that the house mentioned here is the metaphorical home, which is the body that is a refuge to the soul and home to the inner person who resides and dwells within it. At the time of sickness, the pillars and foundations of the house are shaky, and after one is healed, the home is rebuilt upon its ruins. That is why the name of the psalm is The Dedication of the House for David. It means to say that it is David's personal home, li David, the refuge of his soul. That was, dead, that was rededicated through his being healed. The account of rededication outlined in this psalm and fleshed out by the Mabim is the narrative of acknowledging illness, danger, and despair, and finding a path towards healing, strength, and joy. That is the work that Abayit can and must foster, and that is the work that actually happens in our own bodies. The story of Hanukkah might never have intuitively led to a privatized mitzvah of lighting Hanukkah candles. It was the story of our people rededicating our central space. How do we do the work of Hanukkah Habayit without a temple to rededicate on Hanukkah? Our rabbis transformed this into a mitzvah of the home for each "quote unquote" man and his household. The assumption was that an individual could only do this Hanukkah Habayit through being part of a home their own or of traveling perhaps someone else's. The home as the essential vehicle for performing this mitzvah is so powerful that if a person was traveling but their family members were lighting in their own home, they had no further obligation to light. In that situation, a person had no role as an active generator of this mitzvah, but only as an observer to witness other people's performance of this mitzvah and say only the blessing of memory, not action. The centrality of home and household finds pushback custom emerges to light in the synagogue, a new site for publicizing the miracle, and a time when people are lighting inside rather than outside their homes. And it reflects the fact that Chanukah the annual need to rededicate our spaces of Jewish identity, might be incomplete if we focus only on homes and households. Some people will fall through the cracks. Finally, in the Malibim, we see a powerful interpretation of Chanukah that lies entirely within our individual selves and bodies. The work of Chanukat HaBayit then takes place in multiple spheres, in our homes, in our communal structures, and in our own bodies, independent of any particular larger structure. Any narrow focus on one of these aspects of Chanukat HaBayit to the exclusion of others will necessarily leave gaps. Some people will not be able to fully participate in the critical transformation that is Chanukat if we neglect any of these modes. How amazingly robust will our Chanukat Habayit be this Chanukat, if we act within all of these sites of rededication to create homes, communal structures, and selves, where distress is allowed to be visible and can be transformed into rejuvenation and healing. When we rededicate our homes, our communities, and ourselves, we will be able to harness the power to do nothing less than turn mourning into dancing and sackcloth into gladness, in the words of the psalm. Chankasamech to all. Thanks for listening. To learn more with Hadar, please visit hadar.org. torah